0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ray, and welcome to the RayWenderlich.com podcast. In this podcast, we'll keep you up to date with the latest app development tech talk. Now, here are your hosts, Drew Freeman and Jen Bailey.
1: Thanks, Ray. This is the Ray Wenderlich podcast for July 10th, 2018. Welcome to episode 7 for season 9. I'm your host, Drew Freeman. Back in May, we recorded a livecast for Google I.O.'s keynote and main day announcements. Now, many of you have asked if we could bring that to the podcast. So this episode, we're going to bring it to you as it aired with only one interruption for our sponsor, Triple Byte. That means the episode will run a little longer than usual, but I know many people want to listen to the livecast. Thanks for your interest. And here it is. 11 p.m. Central. And by one of our speakers, Nishan, who's in Berlin, it's really, really early in the morning. Welcome to the Ray Wenderlich Livecast from Google I.O. I have quite a staff with me today, especially my partner in crime this season, Jen Bradley. Jen is sitting at Google I.O. along with some of the other team members from Ray Wenderlich. And we're gonna discuss what happened today at Google I.O. talking about some of the keynotes and some of the other breakout sessions before we start we do want to remind you that the podcast this season is brought to you by TripleByte. Applying applying programming jobs sucks and you have to put the right keywords in your resume you spend hours and hours on phone screens and take-home projects And that's assuming the company even responds to your application or your cover letter or anything like that. Well, if you're a software engineer, the good news is that TripleByte can help. They work with over 400 top tech companies from big names like Dropbox and Adobe to exciting startups. You do one brief online interview with them. And if you do it well, you get to go straight to the final interview with the companies of their platform. It's like a common app for software engineers. Now, TripleByte, does not look at your resume or where you went to school. All they care about is if you can code. You do the technical test. Once you've gotten through that, once you've gone through that stage, you move on. And as somebody who's self-taught, it really is something I appreciate to be evaluated for my coding ability and my experience rather than whether or not I actually got the bachelor's degree, which between you and I I didn't. Now here's the great deal. If you apply now at triplebyte.com ray, that's triplebyte.com. Byte is an eight bits. As a special offer for listeners of this episode and any episode this season, if you get a job through TripleByte, they'll offer you a thousand dollar signing bonus. So we really appreciate TripleByte for sponsoring this season of the Ray Wendelich Podcast. But in the meantime, I've got several guests here from the Ray Wendelich team, and I'm going to have each of them introduce themselves. Let's start, obviously, with Joe Howard.
0: Hi, I'm Joe. I am the pillar lead for raywinderlich.com, which just means that I work with all of our content teams to bring tutorials to the site. Thank you, Joe.
1: And Victoria, how about you?
2: Hi. um, Yeah, I'm Victoria Gonda. Um, I'm working on the Android and Kotlin team, working as an author, um, as well as a technical editor and final pass editor there and then I'm also a Android developer at buffer
1: thank you so much Philip
3: um, hello everyone so I'm an Android developer at the fire agency in Croatia and on ravenly I'm the Android book at and, and and sometimes a final pass editor
1: and Philip, we really enjoy the effort that you and Jenna are making to be here today because I know that you're both at Google I.O. where both the power supply and the signal can break up sometimes. Nishant, you are our winner today. You're calling in from Berlin. Why don't you tell people a little bit about you?
4: Yeah. Uh, hi, people. Uh, I'm Nishant Shorasto. I'm one of the uh, members of the Android team. I am writing tutorials as well as like uh, working as a book author, too. And I'm basically, well, in my day job, I'm working at a company called SoundBrenner as a senior Android engineer here in Berlin. I'm super early here, Uh, but it's really cool to be talking to all these awesome people.
1: Wonderful, thank you so much. And of course, my partner who I can't do this season without Jen Bradley, you are also, Jen Jen Bailey, oh wow. Jen Bailey, you are out at Google I.O. as well. Why don't you give yourself a quick introduction to people who don't
5: hi um, I'm Jen Bailey I'm here uh, I'm a professor of computer science and my college is what flew me here so thanks to Ames Community College for the uh, flight and the ticket price and for Ray Winderlich I write on the Android team. I'm working on a saving data book and I like to write articles or tutorials of all different varieties.
1: Thank you so much, Jen. So we started today with the big one, which was the general keynote about Google IO. Does anybody want to talk about what they saw there? I realize that's probably the least tech of the day. But just some general impressions for what the, the general messaging was from Google for today.
0: Yeah, let's hear from uh, Jen and Flea about How what was the atmosphere out there? How, how were people uh, taking the uh, the first keynote?
5: How um, the keynote was really exciting. I think that it was uh, well-received. It seemed like a, a very um, relaxed but enthusiastic I am. Um, they had some exciting announcements to make. Um, so some of those including um, one thing I really like, because I'm a fan of The Assistant, uh, you're not going to have to say, OK, Google is often. So that was a really big surprise. <laughs> and I'm thankful for that. And they had a bunch of other stuff. Philippe, was there anything in particular that you liked from the keynote?
3: Yes, though, um, it seems like it would be
5: uh, a regular Google
3: I.O., a regular Google uh, product launch and, uh, you know, announcement, all stuff, uh, everything about machine learning, about AI, about assistants. But then again, there were some uh, really, really spectacular things like uh, managing to reduce a model of 100 gigabytes to a half gigabyte, which you can fit on your phone and use your Android uh, device and your uh, Google Assistant to seamlessly shift between apps and ask for a bunch of things without you know actually tapping the phone. So that was really, really cool to see.
0: Yeah, that seemed to be one of the real um, main topics was putting everything on device. Uh, Victoria and Nishant, what what did you guys think of the the keynote? Yeah, that
2: was definitely one of the things that I noted to it's just like, so much faster and then also the privacy that comes with that too, like, working, like having it on device and then even with um, the, what it called, the federated learning, that they're improving uh, or, or going through, I don't remember, it's very
1: nice. um, Jen, I'm going to ask if you could uh, mute your microphone right now. I'm getting a little bit of feedback. Feedback from you. Thanks so much, Chen. Go ahead, Victoria. I'm sorry to interrupt.
2: Um, no. Um, just like excited that like with the federated learning that they're able to improve the models by improving the models locally on your device, and then they just send up instead of the raw data the like changes in the model, so that they can pull that up from all the different users and create a better model to update everyone else's device.
4: Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, exactly like one of those things that were really interesting to me too. But one of the things that actually blew my mind was the duplex on web, where they basically there's no nothing like like a development that you have to do on the third party side. But Google is basically understanding your needs, iterating through as less step they can go through, and they just navigate through the whole process. Maybe like booking your rental car or maybe getting your reservation at a restaurant. That was really cool. Like. That was like I was just, when I was looking at the keynote like live stream. I was like, this is something of a new technology that's coming up, which is pretty nice. Uh, although one thing that hit my head when I was trying to understand this uh, federated learning and them explaining that uh, all these machine learning uh, models running on devices, what I was thinking in my head because like I used to work with a lot of like uh, embedded system too, uh, was that what's happening with the battery cycles now because they are getting used like on our devices even though they might probably be being used for when the phones are plugged in but something's happening with the the battery cycles they are they are definitely processing some things on our, on our devices now instead of doing it on google centers so that was something different that i was thinking through
1: i was surprised that the not just the the dropping of, of hey google but how quickly She was able to go from statement to statement and have each one processed uh, in the demo. She rattled off a series of commands, open this application or get me this reservation or get me this picture or when does my flight arrive? But she just kept rattling them off and the assistant was able to keep up with that.
0: Yeah, and it's it seems like you're it's a trade off between making the network call for you know getting the you know talking to the model online versus doing that computation on device. So I think I think it'll you know balance out a little bit. We'll still have to see you know what it does to battery life over time. But really cool.
2: Yeah, and like with that, I was surprised with what they're doing with like even like the Go phones that like have like lesser like connection or like maybe lower end with like. I think it was the live transcribe that was on those devices. Um, So I was like really impressed with everything that they're able to do, um, even on maybe not like the flagship phone, but um, maybe some other smaller devices.
1: They did introduce the new uh, Pixel phones, the 3A and the the 3axl which were both lower cost phones but they did try to uh to basically throw the new camera up against other cameras does uh is is it going to be as feature complete as it feels or is it really a lower cost phone in your opinions
3: um, I think it sounds a bit too good to be true for you know the beginning, but uh, I've actually met a person who carried a Pixel 3 XL around uh, the venue, and we met him. We talked with him, and the phone sounded really amazing, and it actually performed real well. So there were no uh, performance drops or anything. So it seems that they managed to take the. And put it at the mid range regarding price without actually off at any single point that phone need.
2: Have any of you been able to like look at the differences of the specs to see like where, like what is mix- missing from the Pixel 3 from the Pixel 3A? Uh, we it's,
3: have it's actually... a few... Yeah, sorry. Uh, so we can't actually see the actual specs, but we've seen it performed. So I, I'm getting are going to
0: be releasing that in the next few days. Yeah, there's a few early reviews out there. I think the Verge had one and, and um, the processor is slower and, you know, a few other features are, are definitely missing. But um, the big point they were making was the camera seems to be just as good as the, the Pixel 3 and 3 XL. So uh, that seems to be like the real drawing point for the, you know, the, this is really the best camera that's ever been on a phone in that, in that price range, so. For
2: sure.
1: Yeah. I then, noticed that they uh, price pointed the 3A, but didn't price point the other phone. Did anybody get a price point on the other phone?
0: I Think it was 4.99. 499. Yeah,
3: it was 4.79, so eighty dollars more for the Excel version, which is really
1: not that much. It's still good prices for a mid for a mid level phone. Uh, if it's got a strong camera and it's got a good set of the Android features, it seems like a compelling device
0: yeah that was one of the big themes too i think of the the day was uh, they're making the point of trying to bring all of these really great technologies to everyone uh and, that, and so like with this the 3a phones it's lowering the price point like victoria mentioned the google go phones like having all of the ml and ai features available on those phones and then all the other technologies they announced today like live caption and live relay they really kind of kept bringing home the the point of getting you know bringing this stuff to the you know as many people around the world as possible
1: and they also uh brought in the new um i'm trying to remember the name of the device the max which is the uh i'm sorry
2: the nest hub max yes yeah
1: which is uh similar to the old one but now has the camera is it a slightly larger footprint as far as the uh, screen real estate
2: i think so
0: yeah i think it's like 10 inches over seven which is the um the first one. Okay,
1: so the the keynote itself is typically more for the public. It's not necessarily for the developer community, because this is showing their products on their platform and and their innovations with it. Obviously, where a lot of people are going to Google I/O, they're developers and they want to know where this is going to fit into them. So the second session was uh, the more technical. Uh, keynote. Does anybody want to talk about what some of the things, the highlights that they saw at that?
4: No, I could take a jab at this. Uh, so, so, one of the things that uh, I guess when they started talking about was this was related to what they are trying to do on Android. And also, uh, like the way that they did their developer keynote, they split it out into different sections, uh, being one, the starting one being Android, where they were mentioning mostly about how they are improving the the way that that they we have been approaching Android as developers, so like a very big pain point for Android developers has been the camera API for which they are providing new uh, support libraries. Uh, this one called Android uh, the Camera X, uh, so it's one of the Jetpack libraries, uh, and they are just basically simplifying the whole API from like working with Camera API one and version two. And then. The, the cool thing that they uh, I think they started mentioning was uh, the new Jetpack library, that is the Jetpack Compose, which is a very, com- like it's a different UI reactive framework that they're implementing. So it's, uh, so like 10 years back, we had something that we would work with like XMLs and other kind of UI framework, and now finally Google and the Android uh, framework team is deciding to move forwards uh, and upgrade the process of how we build user interfaces. And then uh, they were also mentioning a lot of things related to how they're changing their APIs for us on Android. On the uh, actions on Google, they were mentioning how they are like looking forward to the privacy sections and uh, making sure that people, when they are approaching these these devices, the new devices that are sitting at our home, uh, they are more approachable. Uh, and then mentioning how a couple of things that people can start integrating. Uh, that's one of the reasons that now they are making sure that developers can access the complete screen space on the on the new Google Hub Max. I, I find name weird though. It's like just keeps on adding extra words to it. <laughs> but yeah, uh they are doing that. And basically now as developers, we can just we have access to the whole screen, we can start working with it. So a lot of things are happening for developers. And I
1: guess if you go in depth, there there's like a lot of things to talk about. <laughs> Joe, is there anything that really got your attention?
0: Another To go along with what Nishant was talking about, another thing they mentioned was that for the past six months, the entire Android Studio team had stopped doing feature development and was only working on performance improvements and fixing bugs. And that, that got a big ovation from what I could hear online. Um, you know, Jen and Philippe, did, did you, uh, did, were you there for that? Did you hear that ovation? And um, that seemed to be really well, well accepted.
5: Yeah, I was. Uh, And it looks like they made a lot of Android runtime optimizations, so now only pre-compiled parts of the app specific to your device are included. um, So that optimizes the size and the speed of the app a lot.
3: Yeah, so I think that uh, all the optimizations they've, they've been doing, and especially the the um, stability of Android Studio, is something they should even the next six months because I think too many uh, too many features to the Android studio just kind of made it a bit less stable and leak a lot of memory which you know tends to lead to developer frustration and uh, you know resetting your laptop because everything starts to, to work really slowly so it's a good thing that they've uh, really focused on that and I'm just dying I'm trying to see all the all this in action, so to see all the optimizations and how they improve our build times and the speeds. So, yeah.
2: Nice. Yeah, and with that, I know they like rewrote essentially um, what they were calling instant run that was somewhat unreliable and um, now we're calling, I think, apply changes. So it'll be really, really cool to try that out and see how stable it is, because that can definitely inc- like increase productivity if um, you have that like quicker apply changes instead of having to completely rebuild everything. Um, so it'll be cool to see how that works.
0: Yeah, totally. I think most people turn off Instant Run as fast as they can, so hopefully this rewrite really takes care of it. <laughs>
1: Was there anything you were hoping to hear in this session that you feel they glossed over or didn't touch on? That there was just something that was really, really something you were hoping that needed to be there today?
0: I mean, I think one thing that was kind of missing, overall, it seemed to be Google was asserting their, their dominance in ML and AI, but uh, there weren't a lot of surprises, really, because I think there's so many leaks ahead of time. You know, I, I you're always like hoping for like that that moment where they announce Kotlin is the new language, or um, you, know, what, you know, some kind of big new API or user feature. And today, there just it was just just was not a lot of surprises. I think was one thing that was was missing for me.
2: Yeah, I feel like a lot of it was building on things that they already had, like building on top of it.
3: Yeah, so I was waiting for another Kotlin moment as well, um, because that got a really big ovation, like, two years ago. But the biggest ovation was basically the uh, work on stability of Android Studios. So something was kind of missing. Um, One thing that I kind of hope to hear about because they have uh, different stands here, you can also check a few different Android Auto cars but they didn't actually uh, tell anything about that, so we're probably going to hear something tomorrow.
1: So we started with the the regular keynote and uh, one last thing I remember from the keynote that actually got my attention on the machine learning was trying to find some more visibility to the process occurring in the machine learning layers so that you could actually find out where biases may be coming from and what the specific sections are on how it's making that selection. Uh, getting into machine learning myself, it's, it's uh, I we did a few shows on that last season where we talked about the fact that it's very easy for artificial bias to sneak in But because it's such a black box that it makes it difficult to see what's going on. And I was rather pleased to see that they're trying to find a way to open that black box up so that you can analyze bias, analyze exactly how it's making the choices it's making. After the uh, the technical session, it broke into all the separate sections. Obviously, the the one that's going to be interesting to uh, to us, at Ray Wenderlich, is what's new in Android. And I know that the uh, queue is now on its is it third release. Everybody's nodding, so I'll take
2: yes, that as a that's yes. That's correct. release,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm trying All to right. actually install it on my phone right now, but we'll see what happens during the <laughs> See, during
1: so that's bleeding edge. You know, it, it's it's one thing to say that I've got the beta software and I'll talk about the beta software on another show. We've got Joe here who is who is trying to install the software as we speak. So, hopefully that won't take down his system while he's doing that. Um, these of course were separate sessions. Um did anybody watch the the What's New in Android session and want to to touch that one um phil why don't you take a look uh phil you got uh, some comments on that
3: yeah so i think that uh once and android didn't really introduce anything new or spectacular so we kind of knew about the privacy changes we kind of knew about the story changes as well about the dark theme and whatnot so there's a couple of new things uh you mm-hmm before weren't really leaked, like the um, React-like uh, UI framework for Android, uh, which really uh, everyone, I think, because Android was known for, uh, for its XML so far, and its XML was one of the top things about the UI on Android. So they're kind of shifting from that or uh, kind of trying to make something new, which completely uh, works in a different way. Could possibly replace XML. So I think that's one of the key points uh, about you know innovation, but all in all, it revolved around security, about uh, privacy, and about
1: the with uh, earlier versions. So how to migrate to, to Android Q? And hopefully we got most of that. Philip does break up a little just because he is broadcasting directly from the conference, uh, but uh, we're we're getting as much as we can there. Does anybody else have anything to add for the Android? Uh, What's new?
5: I'm excited for the different tiers of notifications. Like now there's the gentle notification. Um, So it's a simple thing, but I'm looking forward to that. Uh,
1: They talked briefly about how to prevent the problem of, well, if everything's a priority notification, then nothing's a priority notification. What impressions did you get on how they're separating the priority from the gentle notifications?
2: It looks like it's, like, partly you can like request priority um, if you want it. But also that, which I think is really cool, is that um, it's also partly user-determined. So if, like, something is requested as, like, priority and, like, maybe it starts off that way and then the user's like, no, I want this to be a gentle notification, um, then it'll, next time it'll be booted farther down the list in priority. Um, at least that's what it looked like to me.
4: Also, one of the things that I did notice was that the with the notification itself they are all still taking uh developer feedback, which is like they are they know that it's not the most perfect version that they have come up with so and um uh, this actually stood out to me also for one other thing that was mentioned in the what's new Android and that was about the external storage so if you look at the like history between the beta one until the the current beta three there's a lot of like backlash going on in the community about uh, the way that Google is now coming up with this sandbox version of external storage APIs, and that's basically restricting all the file manager applications. The people, those who have been developing these uh, file manager applications, they cannot look at the whole files, like your your directory structure. So that basically renders all these apps useless. Uh, a full Um, section of the Play Store just dies because of it. But they did take care of it, and that was uh, they didn't mention uh, uh, a lot about it, but there was a slide for it where they mentioned that if you are one of those applications, you have a functionality now to enable that feature in your manifest file, and then you can work, which is like they took the feedback, they they iterated, and they finally put it back, Uh, even though they were very skeptical about it. They didn't want to do it at all, but now in the third uh, beta, they came up with this functionality that, okay, we are allowing this, just go ahead. And like, if you if you have the right means of doing this, then do this. So that was cool. They're they listening to the developer feedback.
1: They seemed rather adamant about the private APIs and getting people away and off of those as well.
4: Yeah, that's that's happening. And uh, uh, like I work for like in the current company itself, we have a couple of uh, private API's that we have to use because Google has never fixed the platform API's. Uh, but the way that they are actually projecting for the future, it's 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 happening for the good. Because what they're saying is that don't use this version of the private API, because either we are going to provide you a better version of it, or there's some other solution that's available and you use that. Uh, but if people didn't do that like without them forcing this people will keep on using the private apis and in future during any platform update if they decide to change this then the whole set of apps will start breaking <laughs> so they are they are they are doing it for the good although uh, it's like they they obviously get this backlash because people, people are afraid of, of upgrading these things, and they have to make a lot of changes in their app to to navigate away from the private. Yes. So there's a there's a lot of things going on, but I guess eventually Google is going to win, trying to push people to do the the non-private APIs, uh, like towards the like the finalization of Android Q. Yeah, I'm really glad that
2: like with that though, there it sounds like they're going to try to like listen to people who was like well i'm using this because i don't have this functionality and then hopefully like end that process they'll add a public api for that or like fix whatever bug it was a workaround for um before it's like there before they're booted
1: <laughs> is there any form of eta at this point on the life cycle of q at this point
0: I mean, generally speaking, it probably will come out in the fall with whatever Pixel 4 phone comes out. That seems to be what they've been doing for the past few years is releasing it with the new phones. So hopefully it'll be out around October.
1: Joe, do you have any other comments on the what's new in Android?
0: Yeah, another thing that was exciting to hear was that I think they said point blank that they're recommending people start using Kotlin for any new projects that... That uh, that they create, so that was really great to hear. And, you know, in addition to things like all the new APIs have nullability annotations, and so they're really you know full uh, full on with Kotlin at this point, um, which is is really great to hear.
1: Do you think this is going to spell uh, a demise for Java in the long run?
0: Uh, no, no, <laughs> Unfortunately, no. I mean, on Android maybe, but um, and they're still supporting Java and. C plus um, but um, I think I think Kotlin and Java will have a long lifetime together, both on the server and Android and elsewhere. But um, but definitely with an Android, Kotlin is is the place to place to be.
1: Yeah, I did notice them actually throwing the phrase Kotlin first around quite a lot throughout the uh, throughout the presentation. One of the things that caught my eye, and I, again, I'm I'm not as strongly uh, Android aware, was the the new sharing screen that they seem to be developing to be a little bit better than previous versions. What were people's impression of that? Thankful. <laughs> Sorry.
2: I said thankful. Uh huh. You know, like, even, like, the small things, like, bringing the copy to the top, like, that's helpful. Um, improving the way that you can, like, share directly to a person. Um, I haven't completely explored all the options yet, but just, like, the little bit that we saw um, makes me excited. Um, and I think addresses a lot of the pain points that people have with sharing.
0: Yeah, they're making nice nice tweaks to it. Things like like copy to clipboard and and things like that.
4: Yeah, they're bringing developer happiness as well as user happiness. So that's that's a good thing.
2: Yes.
1: Jen or, or Philip, do you want to add anything on that?
3: Um, yeah, sure. Um, so overall, as everyone said, as we could see from the entire keynote and the entire event, they're strongly focusing on people. Um, not just, you know, developers who are building the ads, but but also the user feedback they get from users. So a lot of users were stressed out about the share screen, so they rebuilt it. A lot of users were stressed out about notifications. They uh, rebuilt it again, and it's, you know, constantly improving the platform uh, with the community, which is also one of the things that um, when Jen and I were at the uh, GDG or Google Developers Group Summit, uh, they meant. So they mentioned how tech is awesome and it brings you amazing opportunities But tech with people is the next level is is the way to go Which is something they're really trying to uh, push through all the developers and all the users
4: as well Go ahead. Go ahead.
5: Okay. I really saw a push towards um, they're doing a lot with accessibility and um, a lot, a big push towards having it be more helpful and I like how the whole platform seems to be coming together more seamlessly. So I really look forward to the enhancements making it more usable uh, when you're driving and you know everything you try to do uh, seems like it'll come together nicely and be more seamless in this upcoming version.
4: I, I do want to mention something before we forget and uh, Google did that they slipped it through the slides is that now we have platform updates coming in through the Play Store. It's like normal app updates so like before this we were had to wait on OEMs like Samsung or someone uh, like Xiaomi to bring us the operating system updates but now they are doing it through the Play Store so it's available to I guess everyone. And that's a big step for, for the fragmentation that we have on the AdWords platform. Uh, and they just like slid it through like quickly, not mention it as if it's not a big thing, but it is a big thing for for people all around the world, like for people, those who come from like uh, countries that that uh, have uh, lower end devices and they will now be able to get security patches and some basic, at least uh, operating system updates.
0: So that was uh, uh, still- uh, Project Mainline, is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Maybe they slid it through so the OEMs wouldn't notice that they're doing it.
4: Well, well. as a developer, they also did say something about the OEMs. They did mention about that they will provide some extensions, which basically is similar to, like, uh, like I think it was for the camera APIs, where they said it's, it's similar to, like, saying, if Samsung, then do this kind of thing. If it is Xiaomi, then do this kind of thing. So the if-else statements that we used to put on our own are now being part of an extension API. That was that was funny for me. Like they are they are now deciding that we know that Samsung is different. They're just going on their own for this.
3: <laughs> yeah. And what's even funnier is that at the very booth where they were showing the Camera X API, the only phones that had it hooked up were Samsung phones. So, yeah, they're really targeting the, the pain points of development life, and they're really working with with the OEMs and you know manufacturers to bring everything into you
4: know, uh platform so yeah if it works with something it works everywhere <laughs> that's, the, that's the idea for android
0: <laughs> the raywenderlich.com podcast will be right back but first a message from our sponsor
1: this raywenderlich.com podcast is brought to you by triple Byte. applying to programming jobs sucks you have to put the right keywords in your resume You spend hours and hours on phone screens, take-home projects, and that's assuming the company even responds to your interest or your cover letters. Well, if you're a software engineer, TripleByte can help.
5: They work with over 400 top tech companies, from big names like Dropbox and Adobe to exciting startups. You do one brief online interview with them, and if you do well, you get to go straight to the final interviews with the companies on their platform. It's like the common app for software engineers. TripleByte does not look at your resume or where you went to school. All they care about is if
1: you can code. And I can appreciate that. Being in the industry for 35 years, I'm entirely self-taught. My undergraduate study was in theater and I left school to do my first job, so I don't carry a bachelor's. No bachelors of arts, no bachelors of science. And that's the one thing I'm often trying to hide or misdirect on my resume. With TripleByte, they'd care more about the coding experience that I have and not worry about that one little fact.
5: Apply now at triplebyte.com slash ray that's triplebyte.com Byte, b-y-t-e as in eight bits as a special offer for listeners of this show if you take a job through Triplebyte, they'll offer you a thousand dollar signing bonus
1: all right so we've uh, does anybody have anything else they want to add on this uh, on this session
2: um just, like, kind of jumping off of that, like, with the updates, on um, sm- kind of on a smaller scale. Um, again, it was something they mentioned briefly, but being able to having, like, the in-app updates where, you like, inside your app, your user might get a notification. It's like, hey, there's an update for this app. And whether that's, like, a stopping, like, dialogue or just, like, maybe a button to, be like, hey, just so you know, there's uh, another update. Um, I thought that was, like, really cool and helpful, and I think it would be helpful for getting updates out to people who might not have automatic updates turned on and then you have that things sitting in your API because there's those few users who still haven't updated um, so I found that kind of exciting
0: and that goes along with um, app modules is that right Victoria that so you can you can if you have an app update you can just download that one slice of the of yeah, the app is that
2: I don't know if that's part of the same stuff, but that it sounds related. Um, But yeah, I think like whether it's a separate module that needs to be updated, or I think just like if your app has a new version, you can now say like, hey, this app has a new version.
4: There are two parts to it, I think, what you guys are talking about. There's one that's the dynamic features, uh, the one that Joe was talking about, and the other one that uh, I think uh, Victoria is talking about is is the platform APIs that would like, seamlessly work with, with all apps, and it will provide a system UI for updating it. Although the ones that is with the dynamic features that allows users to update or provide at least uh, their features without showing that that system UI. That's the one that you don't need to tell people that, okay, we updated your app. It's just happening in the background, you download it, and it, it the feature is available to them. So that's that's actually pretty cool. It became stable this time. The dynamic features is becoming stable. It was in in beta last time, and this is this time is when it's becoming
2: stable. All right. So you
5: covered
1: the. Uh, Go ahead, please.
5: I noticed there was some enhancements to the power management that um, if the device gets too hot or is draining more battery, there's some enhancements there. Um, and now nullability will get errors instead of warnings, um, so, and there's a nullability annotation. So I noticed that those two things in there.
1: So we've covered the uh, the initial keynote and the technical keynote. We also talked about what's uh, new in Android. Did anybody I, – I know that there were a lot more sessions. Did anybody follow any of the other sessions throughout the day that they want to talk about? Um, Victoria, did you uh, catch any of the other sessions, anything of note that got, got your interest?
2: Um, sure, yeah. I went to a couple. Um, one that I'm always super curious about is – all the stuff that they're doing machine learning. So I went to the what's new in Android with machine learning and there were a couple things there. They showed um, some of the machine learning stuff that was already there as well as some of their like newer ML kit um, features. So ML kit is kind of their like black box machine learning library that you can just like use models that they've already set up and just kind of use that pretty seamlessly. And they added um, some like improvements for the face detection. Um, they also added language te- detection and smart reply as well as object detection and tracking. Oh, and then um, I think de- on-device translation. So it was like really cool to see how those can be used um, in just like different applications as well as like an improved way to uh, create your own custom models that's like maybe more specific for your app. So I like saying that like the barrier to entry to putting machine learning in your app just keeps getting lower and lower and lower. Like you don't have to like have a machine learning degree to be able to include some of these things in your app. Like you just like learn the API for this library and you're set to go for a lot of different cases.
1: It looked like they've also added in a lot of new stuff with TensorFlow to try to make that easier to connect to. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, I think so. I'm less familiar with TensorFlow, but it did seem that
1: way. Nishant, do you have uh, any of the other sessions that you uh, watched over? Yeah, so
4: I was uh, the one that was very interesting to me was the app modularization uh, using app compact uh, libraries, uh, the jetpack libraries. I still see them as app compact for some reason. <laughs> They're jetpack now. So yeah, so yeah, I was watching that, and uh, that was very very interesting because now what they are promoting is like before before like this Google I, they were promoting it like uh, you go with uh, different modules and it's all uh, that's how the way is that is an app uh, module and all the sub library modules. And now they are completely now focusing towards uh, the dynamic features that we have been talking about. And these are also modules. It's just they are the ones that that we can push updates uh, like over the air, sort of like a like a seamless update. So the way that the whole architecture was explained was very nice, and like I I, I totally grasped it. But I was thinking from the perspective of like new users or new Android uh, developers who are actually trying to learn architecture. And for them, I think this is a very good uh, session, like they should go back and watch this because it's it's explaining to them the the reasoning behind why a certain architecture would exist. And that was very interesting to me because usually like people build a library and they will talk about you do this because we are telling you and you should be doing it. It's the best thing to do. But uh, this time uh, uh, onwards, they were more focused on like, why is this being done this way and what benefit it brings to you? So yeah, so in that sense, they were mostly now focusing on having uh, less library modules, but more dynamic modules and talking about uh, this 80-20 rules where 20% uh, of your users are, uh, oh, sorry, the, the 80% of your app is not being used by 20% of your users. So uh, you basically have to make sure that all of them uh, converge to that one point and you make sure only these sections that they are using is visible to them or available to them. You, you provide different more features as the, as the app dynamic features are downloaded on demand. So that was very interesting. And I, I, I love the way that it was delivered too. And then there, there was, I think there was a follow-up uh, session for that too, uh, where they start talking about the, like how would you manage the, the native code uh, for, for your applications when you are uh, creating the architecture. And, and that is interesting to me because uh, at my current job, I, I deal with native code. And there's a, there's a certain functionality that they were mentioning how to handle that with the with the C++ code in the Android ecosystem. So that was also very cool. And uh, yeah, it's very informative. I'm, I, I must say that people, those who are dealing with these in their daily day jobs or something, they should definitely go back and check it out.
1: Nishan, I really appreciate that. Joe, did you have any of the other sessions that you were following?
0: Yeah, I saw two more after the um, the main events. Um, I, I saw the one that Nishant was talking about, the modular app arch- architecture. And um, it was, like you like described, it was really, really good. I, it's, it's, the, it's the kind of one though, I have to go back and watch a few times to really digest everything they're talking about. Uh, it's something like app architecture. It um, takes a while to really, really sink in. And then the second one that I, I saw was uh, Understand Kotlin Coroutines on Android. So that was uh, really great to see that they're... Um, uh, pulling coroutines into the apis and you know talking about why you know why they're really useful and and showing you kind of best practices on on how to use coroutines that was that was really nice to see
1: All right. And I think it's safe to go to Jen now to ask if, the, if she's got any other sessions. I can actually see the entire team that's talking while we're doing this live cast. And most of you couldn't see this, but Jen was uh, buzzed by a couple of clowns a few moments ago. And then I think they wanted to be on camera with her, <laughs> but they seem to have vanished now. Jen, did you have any other the sessions that you attended? that you attended yes
5: um i attended the one uh for firebase and it was uh a beginning session that just walked us through a simple Firebase app um, where you could keep track of receipts um, like travel receipts but what was neat about that session is they did it as a live coding demo and they had someone coding in Swift someone coding web and someone coding in Android um, and then like the Firebase console all on one screen Um, So that was fun to watch and see how they were working together and interacting and seeing the three different code perspectives with um, JavaScript and uh, Swift and Kotlin. So that was fun to watch.
1: I'm glad to hear the coding worked well because I know that over in the uh, What's New in Android, the coding example they gave didn't exactly fly very well. but. But, yeah, the demo gods will be the demo gods. Philip, did you have a session that you attended other than the ones or anything you want to add to the ones that we've heard about?
3: Yes, yeah, so one of the, the main sessions I guess uh, that I went to was the uh, Cotton quarantines on Android uh, session that Joe mentioned and uh, obviously I'm biased because you know, Nishant and I co-authored a book on Cotton quarantines but what I really liked was that a lot of the problems that uh, people had and a lot of the problems that people would usually have or like would ask about so how do you solve this uh, they've covered so the entirety of the the problems like installation, like um, handling exceptions has been covered in the session. But then again, you know, it, it, even though it was a really good session, uh, I'm not sure how I feel about them forcing coroutines on Android, like the main solution for everything. Um, forcing it to be uh, within the uh, architecture components uh, library, like the view model. So I'm not sure about how I feel about that. So in one case, it's awesome because a love routine, and I think it's the way to go. But then again, I think that if they do it in a uh, bad way, it might just prove uh, it might just bring more overhead to the Android platform, uh, to the Android uh, libraries. So hopefully, they'll do it uh, really optimized, and uh, they won't really bring any overhead to the, to the existing applications. And they'll do the API itself really stable, so people can't really uh, mess up their applications by just trying routines.
1: Philip, while I have you there, let me ask you, now that we've got the first day out of the way, what kind of things are you looking forward to? Are there any sessions that you really are, are, are chomping at the bit to see, or are there any things that coming up that you're really interested in?
3: So in general I think I'd love to see anything about uh, you know optimizing the platform and anything about UI so anything that's related to UI, uh, maybe even Flutter to see how they're, uh, you know, developing Flutter and how they're gonna go with that uh, on Android and iOS. So more or less anything that's related to the UI, to optimizations uh, in the view uh, lifecycle and you know view APIs. How uh, we build the UI on Android, um, as well as the compatibility with you know Android Q. So that that's, those are the things that I'm looking for in the next few days.
1: Jen, how about you? What are you looking forward to over the rest of the week?
5: Um, I'm really looking forward to Android Studio uh, tips and tricks and then um, there's a lot about the Assistant that I want to attend. In particular, I'm really excited to integrate the Assistant into my own Android apps. So I'm really hoping um, that something gets released there so I can play with that um, because I want to do that.
1: OK, I'm going to skip over Joe for a moment because I've got a special question to hear him when I come back, but I'm going to go on to Nishant here. What what sessions have you seen that are coming up that are really interesting to you? Well, I'm I'm
4: again biased towards the the native uh, APIs and the and the t- TensorFlow ones, uh, the ones on device ones, so because uh, I was actually trying to work with the TensorFlow Lite, uh, I guess like a month back, and uh, I was having weird problems, and uh, I want to see like what they have uh, improved over time, and uh, that's like on my list. Like I I definitely want to watch those sessions, and then uh, about the native APIs is something that I work constantly, so i want to see like what are they making the changes and how are they making a life of the developers uh, much easier than what it has been uh, but because it's it's a it's it's a very different ecosystem on the on the native side it's not kotlin it's not as pretty concise as as people see it on the on the uh, android side uh, like the general uh, way of writing apps uh, but the native is is the is the nitty gritty it's the is the dirty version that you will see cc++ apis and that has always been like a, a bit I would say difficult to grasp and uh, they have been improving a lot of things on that part. It's not like uh, improvements have not come through during Google iOS. It's just, it's not improved enough for people to start uh, getting onto it it, uh, in a a much easier manner. Like the barrier to entry is still, still very hard. So I want to see what, what they're coming up uh, in in their sessions and also like talk about how they, they approach problems. So those are the
1: interesting parts. Thank you so much. Victoria, what do you have coming up in your schedule that you're really interested in seeing? Um, I'm
2: always excited to learn more details about um, what they're including in Android Jetpack um, with like architecture components and everything else there. Um, Just because I've been thinking about testing a lot recently, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're doing with the testing libraries with that. Um, And then additionally, I'm really curious, I know they announced that um, Flutter will also be for web, and I don't know too much about Flutter yet, it's on my list of things to learn and I'm really excited about, but I'm curious about how it's going to translate to that platform, Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing that.
1: Which of course turns us over to you, Joe. Joe, what do you see coming up? And I know that you've got also, I, if I'm right, an interest in Flutter as well.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, uh, just like Victoria and Philippe, I'm definitely uh, super psyched about the Flutter sessions. And um, yeah, they announced so they announced the web and, and also desktop, uh, so Mac OS and Windows and Linux. That's so really exciting. So I'm, I'm looking forward to those. Also, there's a, a Swift for TensorFlow session tomorrow. So I know I think it was last year that they announced uh swift with tensorflow and so chris latner is at uh at google now so i don't know if he's going to be presenting that or, or what but really excited to see that session um see how how swift is working out um within within the tensorflow framework
1: we'll definitely track him down we want him on the show
0: totally Totally.
1: So, Joe, I I wanted to come to you last because I as pillar lead, is there anything you can tease for us? What what may come out of this uh, in the way of things that we'll see on Ray Wenderlich? Yeah, anything you
0: can tease? Well, we'll definitely focus on you know some of the uh, the new features that were announced today. Things like you know how to do dark theme, how to deal with the new gesture navigations. But we definitely have a lot of plans in store for Flutter, so that's another reason why I'll be really paying close attention to to what they're what they're doing with, with Flutter and and anything we can we can uh, tweak out from there for the near future. And um, yeah, so we'll do some we'll do some really high priority. Uh, content in the next few weeks and and then get ready for the release of Android Q in the fall and uh, start updating some of our existing content.
1: I'm really looking forward to that. Does anybody have any other things they want to add in for this? This has been a lot of really amazing information. I mean, there was a lot to consume today. I, I hate to use the term. There was a lot to unpack. really hate that term, but I'm going to use it anyway. Uh, any last comments? Let me just go down the list and if anybody has anything they want to say, you can just say yes, no comment, whatever. Victoria, we'll start with you.
2: <laughs> um, Let's see. I don't know. It's been really exciting day. And there's like so many different announcements and so many different little things that I think like at first it's just going to be processing all of it and imagining all of the different things that we can do with it and the possibilities for the future. Um, so I feel like a lot of that will be happening in the next couple of days.
1: I'm looking forward to it. Nishant, any last comments? Yeah, for me, the same. But like, uh, I think for me, Google, I was like,
4: it's just starting. Like the keynote section is done. The first day is when, when things are like... Uh, they they're not technical, but they are just releasing these the announcements, are putting this uh, putting them out. But the next two days are the ones that are the hectic ones because now I'm I'm keeping track of all these sessions that are coming up, and I'm like I want to see this one. And while, while I'm at work, I'm like I'm thinking about it. It's, this session is happening. <laughs> like how do I try and wash this up like as soon as I can? So yeah, I'm I'm very much uh, excited to be to be following up with the
1: the other two days and all the sessions that are coming up. Yeah, I'm looking forward to all of those. And from what I saw in the What's New in Android, they're all at 9.30 on Thursday. Yes. Uh, Jen, any last comments from you?
5: Um, one thing that uh, hasn't come up because it's not technical in nature—they've been doing all these inspirational sessions, and the lead singer of the Flaming Lips is going to lead one, and a lot of those, uh, also the winning winner of the Touring Award—and so I'm not going to any of those, but I hope they stream some of those because that could be interesting.
1: Wonderful. I, I really love inspirational sessions. The last con I spoke at, I, I did one of the inspirational sessions, and it, it, it's interesting because you're talking to tech, but you're talking to tech from the heart, and it 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 it, it can be very very daunting. Philip, any last comments? Um, yeah, just to add to
3: you and uh, Jen. And, and Nishan so the inspirational talks are really awesome and I really hope to see uh, them streamed and you know put up on YouTube so I can listen to them later on if I don't get to see them all uh, I think it's one of the core parts of every conference that should be uh, you know expanded much more and should be put up uh, on a viewer display because you know, we're all in tech we all do technology different type, uh, you know, kinds of technologies but the the essential part of it, the, us being human and us trying to help everyone else, is what's supposed to be you know the most important thing. And as Nishan said, Google IO is just starting. That's true. But to me, like this this day, to me it feels that it it like it lasted two or three days. So there's so many things, <laughs> so much content to, to see and, and to listen to. So. It's really been a bit of a heartache, to be honest, because you know it lasts so long and there's so much to see, and it's just getting started. So, Philip, is this
1: your first? Is this your first? uh, Yeah, 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 it is. (laughs) You you have that look in your eyes of wow, just so much, Mister Howlett. Yeah, yeah. from you. Oops, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Philip, go ahead. No, I was just saying.
3: Yeah, I'm overwhelmed by all the information, so (laughs) it's been (laughs) so far.
1: These these cons are so much so, so much fun, Mister Howard. Any last comments from you?
0: Yeah, I just echo that. I'm I'm like like Nishant said earlier. I'm I'm really looking forward to digging into the details of the sessions, and you know I've got all my favorites tagged in this schedule on the website, and it's you know it's just a subset of the things I'd want to watch. But the good news is they they put them all online eventually, so and not not too uh, too long. Probably by the end of the week they'll all be available. And I just I, yeah, I want to put a plug in for one of the inspiration sessions that, that Jen mentioned. There's one from Michio Okaku, uh, who's a physicist who will be talking about oh. quantum computing and, and AI. And uh, that, that should be really fun. I think that's on Thursday afternoon. I so love I'm, hearing him speak. Yeah, I'll definitely be watching that one. So, yeah, just looking forward to digging into uh, some of the details of uh, the new APIs.
1: It's very hard to do one of these things because uh, when we do cover things on the first day, we are covering just the high level. Because uh, at Google I/O and other conferences like it, as everyone said, the the real. The real pudding comes later in the week, and that's when you get into every little speciality, all the new APIs, all the new toys to play with. And I know that everybody's looking forward to that on the Android platform. I really want to take time to thank everybody who made time today, uh, especially Nishant, who, who's I think it's now coming up on a about 6 a.m. there in Berlin. Joe Howard, uh, Jen Bailey, Victoria Gonda, and Philip Abbott, I I really want to thank all of you. I also want to remind everybody, the next episode of the Ray Wenderlich podcast will be out on May 15th. We have Peter Steinberger, who makes iOS apps that are lickable and also the uh, founder of the PSPDF kit. Uh, Also coming in June... During the first week, we'll be doing this whole thing again for iOS. Note: This is, I believe, the only time that iOS is or will be mentioned during this entire hour show because there's no point to it. Um, but we will be doing that show in about a month for those who are on the other platform. In the meantime, we want to thank Triplebyte again for sponsoring this episode. Triplebyte again. If you go to triplebytecom Ray and you get a job through Triplebyte, you will get a thousand dollar signing bonus. I want to thank everybody and I want to thank the team out at RayWenderlich.com for doing this and until next Google I.O. we will see you at, uh, at the next show. Thanks again to our team Nishant Ravistrava, Philip Babich Victoria Gonda Joe Howard and of course Jen Bailey. Thanks also to our season 9 sponsor Triple Byte. Now in two weeks we're back with our regular shows and we're going to have on Hadi Hariri. You really don't want to miss that one. In the meantime Ray back to you.
0: And that's a wrap. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to the Raywendell.com podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to leave a rating on iTunes. See you next time.